0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of Unfiltered. Today, I brought Christine Lee onto the podcast. She is a YouTuber at Harvard, and she's a second year concentrating in neuroscience with a secondary in ethnicity, migration, and rights. And I... Oh, I don't know. I've been watching her videos for a very long time, and she's just she's such a positive and kind person. And I knew I wanted to bring her onto the podcast um, for a while now, so I'm super excited uh, that I was able to have her on. We talked about um, like growing up Korean American, uh, being women in STEM, uh, and just like how to practice self kindness and and how to remain motivated and passionate. Um, but yeah, we it was super fun and. Um, okay, so like my book recommendation of the week is actually a book that I've read. I read a long time ago. Um, it's called Kite Runner by Khaled Hosseini. And I think it's, it's a really interesting book. Um, definitely can get kind of dark at times, but um, the overall message of the book is really beautiful and one of my favorites. And the thing I'm excited for is that I'm 19 today because today's my birthday and I have the best friends ever. I'm currently sitting, not, I'm not sitting in my room because I tried to, I just got back from recording with Christine and I try to go back in my room and my friends are being really sketchy and not letting me go in. Um, but they're all so sweet. I just, my heart is filled with love for all of them. And. I don't know there <laughs> there's something happening and there's something going on tonight and i really don't know what's going on and they keep being super secretive but i don't know i i truly love all the friends that i've made here in college I, I feel really loved and just just really thankful for them um thankful for all the opportunities that i that i have to make friends to learn to experience to grow college has been amazing so far and i can't believe it's already been a month um, but here's to two more months of college uh thank you guys <laughs> all right uh someone just knocked on the door so i'm gonna have to go but with that uh i hope you guys enjoy this episode with christine it was super fun to record um and i will see you guys uh in the next segment <laughs> Hey guys. Um, today I'm sitting right next to Christine Lee. <laughs> Hi. Um, and we're actually outside at Memchurch right now. And I'm really excited to be recording this podcast just because like I've been watching you on YouTube for a long time. And I don't know, like your videos are so, they radiate such like good energy. Like, I don't know, like so, so much positivity. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's a lot that you could like bring to this podcast. Um, Just because, I don't know, I feel like we have a lot of similarities, but then also like I feel like your perspective on things will will be really interesting to unpack. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the first thing I want to talk about was like growing up Korean-American. So I don't know if you want to like share your personal experience and just like talk about your childhood and and then also like the the Korean-American community here at Harvard.
1: Yeah, of course. Okay, so I guess prepare for a ramble. Hi, my name is Christine. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm a sophomore at Harvard um concentrating in neuroscience on the pre-med track with a secondary in ethnicity migration rights the whole spiel Um, i was born and raised in new jersey so pretty big like korean american community there i would say um and i guess to start off with some of uh like my background in terms of being like korean american specifically my parents met in korea um but to backtrack my dad moved around a lot because of my grandpa's work so he moved around to like he lived in Haiti for a while he lived in the U.S. yeah so so yeah very cool um and then he went to I think like high school and college here in the U.S. my dad and then he went back to Korea for work met my mom there they got married and then they came here to the U.S. together and um they helped work in My grandparents, um, cleaners, which I think is also pretty big with like the Korean American community, they're dry cleaners. Um, And then after a while, my grandparents retired, moved to Georgia again, big Korean American community. We're hitting all the hot spots. That's actually where I'm from. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, they're from like Duluth. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, Um, so that's where they are right now. And uh, my parents currently own and manage that dry cleaning store that my grandparents had. And uh, my sister, who is a sophomore, or not a sophomore, junior at Boston College. um, And I would help them out there growing up. So I guess I have, like, a pretty, I wouldn't want to say, like, typical, Uh like, identity as a Korean American. But my story isn't necessarily unique in that sense. So I think with that, I feel like um, I feel like I've always had um like a pretty easy time connecting with other Korean Americans because in my town we had it was like a fairly diverse town. Um yeah, so I was really lucky there too also um having a lot of Korean Korean Americans around me um and uh just being able to like connect with them growing up. Um it wasn't the the biggest, like I know like a lot of my Korean American friends were in like their own little group together yeah. because of like they went to church together but I went to a different church again oh, okay. very big like Korean American oh, okay, like identity yeah. there. No,
0: no, no. Yeah, the Korean American church community is such a it's so I don't know. It's like, like its own entity. Yeah, it really is. yeah. Like yeah.
1: So that was definitely something that I guess like was one of the things that made me like limited me a bit in my like identity. But um at the same time I would say uh like by this point i'm like so proud of being korean american so proud of my identity coming here to harvard was definitely something that solidified my sense of community uh because of joining like korean association so it's been a slight journey i guess the only thing that would i would say had been like pre- like kind of hard maybe was being like um i guess low income uh not white was something that really just like hit me growing up especially always wanting to look like you know, like the popular, pretty white girls in my school, but definitely grew out of that. I think that's a journey that a lot of Korean American girls can relate to. Um, but yeah, I'm happy.
0: With her. Um, that's so okay. So, so your your school, like, do you know like a rough percentage of like how many Asians there were?
1: Um, or just like how pretty many? big. Pretty big. <laughs> okay. I mean, okay. I went to a, um a public high school that had. Maybe like two thousand kids, uh-huh. like or somewhere around there. Oh my god, I feel like I blocked out high school from my no, mud. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, but I'd say we had like a pretty decent like Asian community. I think it was yeah, it was definitely there. It wasn't it wasn't like something like um it definitely wasn't like a majority or anything. I yeah. I really don't want to give out an estimate just because I feel like that might be misleading, but yeah, it was yeah. definitely enough for me to feel comfortable.
0: Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um so do you speak Korean, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so, like, when you, did your parents, like, when you were growing up, did they make sure to, like, fully, I don't know, kind of, like, give you, I don't know, because I feel like some, for me, like, my family, I definitely, like, grew up, like, in the Korean culture, like, the food I ate, and, like, they spoke Korean around me, but I, I don't know, I guess just because, like, where we, like, I, I'm from Atlanta, and, like, there aren't, there are a lot of Koreans in, like, the, the Duluth area of Georgia, but Atlanta doesn't really have okay. as many, like, in my school, I was probably, like, one of, like, three Koreans, not even going to lie. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really, I don't, I can't speak it, but, like, I, I went to Korean school when I was younger so I can read and write. But it's definitely, like, I don't know, it's something I wish that I had learned when I was younger. Yeah. But, yeah, so you, your family is pretty, like, they, like.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, I also went to Korean school okay. on Saturdays <laughs> at the local yeah, church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did do that. Um and I would say because my dad, like I said, he spent a lot of time in, like, Haiti and then um, here in the U.S. So he's good with English um, and, of course, with Korean, too. And then my mom, um, she knows English, but definitely Korean is, like, more comfortable for her. So I think because of that, like, semi-duality, like duality, my sister and I grew up pretty accustomed to speaking Korean, like, casually at home. You know, like, that kind of level where it's, like, comfortable, we can communicate with our parents. Um, we did go to Korean school, like I said, so we did that whole thing. Um, my sister is a lot more comfortable with Korean than I am, if I were to say. Um, I can, like, hold my own, but if it comes to, like, typing text to my grandparents, <laughs> I will have my sister check it over. <laughs> so, like, th- like things like that. Yeah. Um, she is also, like, she also used to be, like, a lot more into, like, K-pop and K-dramas than I was. Oh, I um, so that also, like, helped a lot with her, um, like, fluency. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, That definitely is something that I'm like sad about because I wish I could be as fluent as her and like as comfortable as her But I am practicing a lot more I would say. Do you take Korean? I don't but I wish I could oh my god I have like no space (laughs) no space I wish
0: no I heard that the the foreign language classes here are really good especially the Korean classes like I've heard amazing things about them
1: yeah like I want I like my I'm manifesting being able to take a like a foreign language class at some point during my time here because it's like I feel like it's an experience that like all Harvard students should have so hopefully I'll be able to find the space in my schedule um you know yeah. Did
0: you uh, test out of a language, or are you just, yeah, like, waiting?
1: AP, I, AP Spanish, I think that's, like...
0: Oh, right. wait, so they took your credit?
1: I, like, have to double-check, but, like, I haven't been thinking about that right now.
0: Okay, yeah, you don't have to worry about that, but <laughs> that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I wanted to ask, like, are there any noticeable differences between, like, the like your environment at home versus your environment at college in regards to, like, the Korean-American community?
1: Um. At home, like, my town? Yeah. I would say i feel like i felt a lot more welcome here not mm, i feel like i had a lot more of a place here versus at home because like i said a big thing with the Korean american community at my home was that um, they were all really connected by going to the same church and that was something that like i never really had with the people like in my high school um there were a few people who went to like the same church as me but because it was like different denominations, we had a mostly like older people, like grandparents and stuff like that. So that definitely felt like there was a disconnect between me and the rest of the Korean American community. Um, I still like knew them growing up obviously, cause that's like the tight knit bond, no matter where you are. But uh, here it definitely felt like I was able to like make my own place. I feel like now I have a place in the Korean American community just because joining Korean association was like a big part of it and realizing there are so many Korean Americans here, I think was something that just made me feel a lot more welcome and open and yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm so excited for HKA. (laughs) Like every time, I mean, I wish it was in person, but obviously like it can't be, but every time we have the Zoom call, is like I can just feel like how fun it, I don't know. Like it's just, it seems so fun. Like everyone in it is so nice Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm really excited. you were a frost rep, right? I was. How was your experience with that?
1: Oh, that's so good. So good. Like, honestly, I, I hope you're going to run. I actually am thinking oh of running. God, it's so good. It just helped a lot with um, getting to know upperclassmen because I think that's, like, one of the biggest things yeah. that makes your experience um, in clubs especially, like, fun is getting to know the upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. So that's why... You know the upperclassmen are are so willing to listen to the underclassmen help them out like you know guide them wherever they can be their friends mm-hmm. so i think um being a frosh up was like made it that much easier um to like chat and socialize with the upperclassmen that i wouldn't have known before because something that i think um is like was like a little bit harder for me was because i i didn't know any like harvard like upperclassmen. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I know an alumni from my high school or something like that. Um, And I didn't have that. It was like me and one other kid in my year were the first ones in a while to get into Harvard from our high school. So we were coming in essentially on like a blank slate. So I think joining positions or, you know, like getting positions like that in clubs definitely made it a lot easier. And I loved it. Like it was so great to meet upperclassmen that's
0: so cool so what like what kind of things did you do as a Frost rep
1: so basically what we did was just helping out the upperclassmen with connecting with the freshman class so we were basically i mean we were like the representatives um so we were able to help uh spread the word about events a lot more easily just because we like you know we were in the yard and like knew people and whatnot and we could set up group chats um we we're so another big thing is we're supposed to do like a like a performance at culture show oh my god but then that got cut off um you know it would have been great we were we were working really hard on a k-pop dance but it got cut off so it's fine (laughs) um but definitely just like those kind of fun events where it's like oh like you know the frosh reps like have their own little like segment and stuff but yeah otherwise we were just like regular board members helping out with like events and stuff okay cool
0: so are you looking to join like a board position anytime soon?
1: for for
0: hka or like i know oh, you I'm... are on the board right yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, okay yeah they do elections um at the end of this like previous school year oh, okay. yeah so i'm currently the public relations chair mm-hmm. so any yeah. of the any of the graphics you see on the instagram this year that was me <laughs> wait really yeah,
0: yeah. oh I'm no running. that's so cute yeah. wait i love all the graphics
1: oh thank you <laughs> yeah so i'm the one who works on pub material um working with the event planners on board for different events like what do we want the theme to be? Um, I help manage like the Facebook page. Um, I work with the the secretary who writes the emails. So definitely a lot of pubbing stuff, which turned out to be a lot more of like a, a busy position just because all the programming is online this year. So I feel like I am working a little bit more than I anticipated, but it's yeah. good work. I love it. That's so. awesome.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. Um, okay, so I think like, I think i want to transition to the next topic which is just about like because college is such a i'm sure like you experienced this too but like college is such a big change and i feel like it's pretty easy to i don't know like be hard on yourself at certain times like wondering like why you're not doing as well in certain classes as you would like to or like making as many friends as you would like to um and i feel like something that i've noticed like a trend in your videos is you always talk about how like self-kindness is such a big thing and like Mm -hmm how your words have an impact on other people and yourself um if you want to touch on that
1: i think that's something that i've always like that mindset is something i've adopted from a really like early age oh my god do you see that little girl she's so cute okay the there jacket. are so
0: many babies oh god, there's, here there's so and dogs
1: like got to to no her sorry. little pigtail. oh my god so cute okay okay sorry no, you're right good. Back on track. um so i think that's something that i adopted from such an early age i this sounds so nerdy but i think because of like reading like a lot of like fantasy books slash like cute little like kid teen novels i think i was always just like in my head always really dreamy and so i feel like because of that um i was always honestly like a little bit um guarded not guarded what's the word like i feel like i i i was always like so optimistic like almost to the point of being, like, unrealistic. Like, I would always be the friend to be, like, well, at least, like, at least it's not, like, this bad or, like, that Uh, kind of thing. Um, I feel like I've always had that kind of mindset. And so I think that general idea of, like, optimism, positivity, um, I think that's something that I've worked a lot, especially in the past few years, to really extend to myself because working through high school, I feel like I've always had, like, such high standards for myself. Any little failure would make me, like, you know like break down completely Ooh, I'm the exact same way right yeah. so I feel like because I have learned to be like really optimistic and positive about the world around me I figured why can't I do that to myself like I wouldn't treat my best friend the way that I'm treating them like or that I'm treating myself with like my mindset of being so hard on myself um, I think that's something that really struck me, like, hearing, like, you wouldn't treat, like, you wouldn't treat your best friends the way that you treat yourself. So, like, why are you, you know? Um, So, I feel like definitely the idea of self-kindness, you know, prioritizing your own mental health whenever possible um, is just something that has made, like, enjoying life a lot easier yeah. um especially when you can get so caught up in like you're, you attend like an amazing ivy league institution look where we're sitting you know right, right. um that kind of thing can definitely get to your head um so yeah. i think just keeping yourself grounded with that kind of positive thinking was just something that is just like it feels like so like common sense you know what yeah I mean? no and then
0: i kind of want to like go back to what you said about how I don't know like holding such high standards for yourself and like every little disappointment like letting it get to you i i'm the exact same way and it really sucks i don't know like for me i really i don't know like i really hate failure and so like if even if it's like such a small thing i just let it let it like i take the implications way further than they should be but i think like it's important to realize oh my god there's so many cute kids here (laughs) oh i think it's important to realize like. I don't know, like, it's not the end of the world, like, one little failure, um, and then I, I think you have, you have a video, (laughs) oh my (laughs) gosh, um, I, I know you have a video about, like, like, it was, like, a time, um, your freshman year when you were, like, disappointed, like, experiencing, like, feelings of over, being overwhelmed, um, so, like, how did you, how did you, like, get over that, or, like, how was your experience with that?
1: I honestly think acknowledging it and talking it through helped, helped a lot, because, again, when it comes to like those little failures, um, I oftentimes don't want to acknowledge them just because acknowledging it means that it really happened. You know what I mean? So I feel like I always just want to like shy away from it, like don't think about it. But talking it through, I think helped me to work through uh, the frustration, like the sadness I was feeling because a lot of it stemmed from just like really like simple everyday occurrences. Like it wasn't really a big deal Mm -hmm. in hindsight, like things like oh, I didn't get accepted into study abroad or, um, oh, like my grades are not doing too hot so far. Like I don't feel good and like my body, I don't feel good with the way I look, just like a whole bunch of, like a whole host of different issues, just like kind of all combining. So I think talking it through in that one video, I just like sat down and like had like a whole monologue to myself, um, I think it helped a lot with just recognizing it's okay for me to feel like this. And I think that also resonated with a lot of people, especially in the comments. Mm-hmm saying like it makes me so happy to see someone like you who like so many people like look up to which is also really weird to me um so many people like look up to like you're like an amazing like ivy league student like you have like these human moments too so it it really so like it it made me feel better too knowing that like me just working through my emotions in a very human way also helped others just to see it so i think overall it's just like a good mechanism of like addressing slash coping with like the sadness I was feeling
0: okay yeah I really like that um I guess like this is something that I was planning on saving for the end but like if you want to talk about it so like the concept of people like looking up to you like how I don't know like what are your thoughts on that
1: that's so weird it's so weird (laughs) you're just a normal person like I'm just figuring out life too like I don't really know it's just so crazy to me that me just being what this all sounds so cliche but me just like being me is like somehow inspiring to other people but I think it definitely helps me like stay grounded in a sense where it's like like I don't have to like put on any front or or act a certain way um to to like to gain favor with like people other people like I I can just be me like I it's okay like it's like I can just be like bubbly and like overly happy and like nice and like hardworking and you know because that's just who I am and that'll like that'll inspire other people and so I think in a way it's been really really weird I'm I feel like I'm never gonna completely understand it but at the same time it's been so like heartwarming to know that like just me Doing my thing every day is like somehow helping and inspiring yeah. other people. So I'm gonna keep going at it. Yeah. yeah, no, I I think that's so cool. When did you start your channel? Um, so I started technically like a few years ago in like junior high, like eighth oh. grade maybe. Um, I did like a few booktube videos over the that's summer. So cute. Yeah. So I did like video, like book review videos and like book hauls. I went to like book con and like. I met like my favorite booktubers. Oh my god, it was like a whole big thing. Oh, wow. um, but it was a lot of fun, and I think it was like a really good summer for me, um, just because at that point I think the most I gotten was just like I don't even know if like a hundred subscribers. I feel like that's too much. Definitely like low, low number, like just a few subscribers. But just, but then like interacting with people in the comments, like seeing like people come back consistently, yeah. made me feel. I think that was like one of my first big. Um, interactions with the idea that I could have an impact like beyond like mm-hmm. the people that I know in my immediate circle not saying that kind of impact is bad but yeah. it was just new you know yeah. so I think I stopped after that summer because like ninth grade and then I was like mm, I have a lot of school to do so <laughs> that was like really tough so I decided to stop but then I would upload random videos over the years and then I uploaded um, my college reactions video I was planning on vlogging in college anyways, just for my own memories, but then that one blew up, so then suddenly I had a fall length, and that's how that happened, um, and that was, like, maybe, uh, like, March 2019, so, like, right before I was about to graduate, um, and then, yeah, just, like, kind of, I just kept it going from there.
0: That's so awesome, I love that, (laughs) um, what do you, like, so you're planning on, like, continuing your channel, like, what do you, like, Are you going to keep doing like vlog type videos or just like, I feel like you do a lot of like self-care videos and like Q&A's advice. Are you just going to like keep that up?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to keep that up for as long as people want to watch that. And then I also want to do a lot more fun videos, like fashion videos would be fun.
0: Uh, I love your sense of fashion.
1: Thank you. Um, (laughs) Like videos with um, friends. things like that maybe get back to my booktube roots that'll yeah. be so funny
0: okay i was i'm actually looking for like a lot of book recommendations because like something that i do in this podcast is like each week i do a book rec um and i i don't know i used to read a lot more but i feel like in college now i just i just read what i have to like i do the readings for the class and i miss like reading for fun yeah
1: it's but so bad oh my so god different. like i used to be one of those people who would like never put i would stay up until like 2 a.m oh, like same. reading a book yeah. with like my light like my yeah. phone like oh my god <laughs> Yeah, so I used to be one of those people, but you know what, I read this thing that was like, you know what, if you were a huge reader in, like, middle school, high school, but you fell off it now, right, because you can't pick up a book to read for pleasure, you're still valid. True, So I'm just, you know, optimism, that's, like, the key, that's, like, the word of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like it'd be fun because also another thing that I want to talk about is making videos actually motivates me to do stuff. Ooh, so if okay. I'm doing like a study with me, like that motivates me to study because I'm like, oh, I have to like get good content. Yeah. Um, if I'm doing like a day in my life video, I'm like, I have to make sure my day's productive. So it's definitely not like that all the time. Yeah. Like, dude, yesterday I woke up at noon. Like it was so bad. <laughs> so it's like it's definitely like not always like that. But I don't think I try to pretend like it's always oh, yeah, like that.
0: No, I,
1: So thank you. But um, yeah, so I think it it helps a lot to like film myself, hold me accountable. So overall, just having a YouTube channel is pretty great.
0: That's awesome. Um, Let's see, I guess. Oh, yeah. Do you feel like a pressure to always kind of deliver like this like specific content or like a specific quality
1: of content? Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like when I was really starting out, like, for example, like, mid 2019 um well, after like everything blew up people were constantly asking me questions like what are your stats read your essays like what did you do to like how did you study like how do you stay motivated and productive that kind of thing really just like overwhelmed me because not not because I necessarily like disliked those questions per se but it it was just like I don't know how I'm supposed to package this right it just like, everything so personal exactly it's
0: not not necessarily just based on like
1: stats you know right right and it's like you're asking me almost to like hand you like a formula when there isn't everyone here is like just human they are all just like amazing people in their own right so I think that was just like kind of hard like trying to figure out like how can I be me while also like not misleading you or anything I don't know um so that was kind of hard at first but now these days I just make videos that I liked I love making vlogs Mm -hmm. um I think studying videos so long as like so long as I'm not trying to deliver as if it's like this is like the be all end all or something like that um I think I just try to be like as real as possible but other than that I'm just making like the videos that I think I would have wanted to see if I were in like high school yeah no and I think
0: like I love that because I feel like now you can look back on your videos and like relive some of these college experiences um which is so awesome yeah Mm -hmm. um and then like have you found that people have I guess, like, treated you differently, kind of? Or, like, Mm -hmm. how is that? I
1: don't think it's really been that okay when i was doing booktube that was rough because people are mean in, in middle school like yeah, no uh, not middle schoolers are mean. yeah yeah like middle school junior high people would always just be like oh my god it's christine the reader that was my like oh youtube my thing. oh my god and it just i felt so embarrassed for no reason i was just like people know like this is i would prefer if like no one i knew watched this like that kind of thing which i think is like pretty understandable um yeah. just because it's like this is a side of me that i really want to like share with others but it feels weird sharing that with people who already know who i am um but i think nowadays people um i think they kind of respect it like people are you know like i don't think anyone is particularly judgy or 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 mean at least not to my face um i think i'm really proud of what i've been able to do with my like you know quote unquote platform so because I've always been, like, pretty genuine in that sense, I don't think people, like, necessarily find much issue with what I do. So, in general, it hasn't been, like, bad at all. I'm not treated weirdly or differently. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do
0: you, are you, like, do you watch, like, other Harvard YouTubers?
1: Uh, like, Sienna? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Sienna. yeah. <laughs> do you, um, I'm trying to, who's the other? Oh, John Fish. Mm-hmm. I really like him. He talks about reading a lot. And it's so, it's so like, I don't know. I'm like, if only I had the time to read one book a week. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Uh, And I guess like, what do you hope to continue like spreading and promoting through your channel?
1: I think, I think something that I I want to promote, especially like something, especially like as of late. um, The idea of interdisciplinary studies and not being so like single- single-minded i don't know if that's the right word but just a lot of people come to me being like um i you know like how do i get into harvard how do i like i want to study neuroscience i want to be a doctor and i'm like you know try to keep other things in mind too like think about ways you can intersect social justice work things about ways that you can help like communities things about ways that think about ways that you can like contribute positively to the world and I think that's something that is so important for people, especially at like top colleges and universities to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. So I think I want to show with what I do that I can be like high achieving. That's a personal goal for myself, while also like making a positive impact on others um, in my career and what I do in my personal life. I think that's something that I really want to show just like passively through what I do on my channel, especially with like vlogs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm working towards incorporating that ideal more into what I do every day.
0: I really like that. That's so cool. And you said, what was your secondary again?
1: Ethnicity, migration, rights. That's okay. a recent addition. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. What inspired you to add that?
1: Definitely everything that's been happening in the world mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. as of late. Um, I think something that really hit me um, was the, the the idea that medicine doesn't necessarily have to be like the like the the really cold um, ideal of like a big top hospital, uh, making tons of money, you know, like conferences and boardrooms and I don't even know, but like, you know, how it's like this uh, quite sterile image of medicine in a sense. I really, I really like, I've learned a lot more about the idea of like community health and health justice um, and, and, using what I learn in medical school using my MD um, whenever I get it um, to actually make really positive, direct change in like underserved communities. That's something that I think I learned a lot more. And I feel like um, because so many people are talking about how in like medical schools, um, people have to be a lot more aware um more cognizant of like the the ethnic histories of the communities that they're mm-hmm. serving and just like those kinds of studies so mm-hmm. I felt like it would be worthwhile to add that just so I could have that in my own like formal education okay gotcha um yeah because I think like
0: I don't know like from I haven't officially I guess like I don't have to clear have to declare anything but I haven't officially decided but I'm thinking of um, so I'm majoring in molecular and cellular bio, um, going pre-med and I'm thinking of adding a secondary and anthropology and doing, cause there's like a special field called medical anthropology and it's all about like how patients are treated and like the different medical communities. It's definitely more like social science, but I think, yeah. I think like what you said is really true. Like people, people always like when they think of medicine, they just think of like science, like, yeah, like what you said, like a sterile, super like strict environment, but mm-hmm. there's definitely like an aspect of human humanity i don't yeah, know humanities yeah, that are as sure. very important
1: yeah like whenever you're treating people as um you know as a doctor as a healthcare provider you aren't going to be thinking about like molecules and mm-hmm. arrow pushing you're going to exactly. be thinking about like them as people yeah, as individuals like how to tell them like bad news how to be comforting how to be a good person. exactly you're interacting with real life people right. and like you're you know like your your health their health is like in your hands in a sense, mm-hmm. and so they're they're supposed to be trusting you, and mm-hmm. I think that's something so important to recognize, um, and for all like medical students to recognize. Um, and so I think it's really good. Something that I talked to um, my concentration advisor about was the idea of adding a secondary. I was really like concerned, like, is this too much? Like, what do you think for med schools? And what he said was. You know, in like med schools really don't care about like your minor or what you, your secondary. Um, it's really like not as important. So definitely think of it as like your like your pass. Like to to really study the things that you're really really interested. Mm-hmm. Obviously not you not know, not to say that whatever you're studying for your concentration isn't interesting, mm-hmm. but it's almost like like you can really explore beyond what um, you would have studied <laughs> otherwise in just your concentration. So I think it's really important to keep that in mind. If you are thinking of like adding a minor or a secondary or going to like post-grad or things like that, like think about taking your undergrad as a time to really explore. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so did you know what you wanted to do coming into college?
1: I think I was back and forth for a while between neuroscience and poli-sci just because in high school, I know alternate universe Christine is like (laughs) pre-law, but I think um, in high school I did a lot of gov stuff, Uh so um, I always considered it as like a possibility, like maybe I could be like a lawyer one day or something Mm -hmm. like that, work in like, you know, the policy-making sector, I don't know. But... um, I think, I think neuroscience and med pulled me just a little bit more. Um, I can't say exactly why. Like, I, I still can't really articulate it. I feel like that's something that's just like a gut feeling. Um, but the idea of being able to do, to do med with a focus on like policy and social justice felt like a lot more me than like doing like pre law and trying to fit in med stuff like it just felt Uh, like the intersection there like wasn't as I don't know like feasible um so yeah that was just like my thinking going into it but since then like making that decision in high school like I think I've always been pretty much like neuro yeah
0: okay um why specifically neuro
1: I was just like interested in it (laughs) I was just like it's just like one of those fields that's like the brain is so like unexplored and there's so many things that like everything that we do has to do with the way that we think and like the way that our brain works. And that's just so fascinating to me. Um, I think that's something that I, I think like a lot of people in like the neuroscience field can agree. There's like so much we don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, again, bookworm, I, I used to read like autobiographies from like famous like neuroscientists and things like that. Um, so that also just like sparked my interest. So I figured it would be pretty cool to study, see where it takes yeah. me.
0: Have you ever heard, um, have you ever read that book Into the Magic Shop by Dr. James Doty? He's a, he's a neurosurgeon and yeah, it's really interesting. It's all about like psychology of how, I don't know, like how to like rewire your brain in a way that like will ultimately help your life. I don't know. It's really interesting. I was actually recommended it by like someone who goes here. Uh Um, But yeah. Um, Did you take psych?
1: I did not. So okay. I, there was literally no basis for me like wanting to go into this field, like from high school. But I was just like, yeah, why not? Um, and Harvard was like, okay. So then I yeah. guess like that's just happened. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's another thing. You don't have to feel like, you know, you had to have like a clear shot from like high school to college of like what you think you should be studying mm-hmm. or what you think you should want to do. Mm-hmm it literally can just be like whatever you want I think that's something I mean we're lucky to have that here in like the U.S. I know in like Europe that's a kind of different but yeah
0: um so how do you like do you find it difficult to remain like motivated and like passionate or do you find it easy and like if so how
1: I think these days it's been pretty easy because I mean, as a freshman, like, you're taking a lot of, like, those big intro courses, right. especially if you're pre-med. Are you in, like, LS1A? I'm in LPSA. LPSA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it's, like, classes like that. Um, <laughs> such a drag. Oh, okay. yeah.
0: It's all just, like, background stuff. Yeah, yeah and...
1: exactly. But then now, as a sophomore, I'm actually ta- able to take a lot more, like, interesting classes, mm-hmm. like, such interesting classes. Mm-hmm. I'm in Neuro80, which is, like, the foundational neuroscience wow. class. Really well so taught. Cool. Yeah. And then I'm in um, a brain, behavior um junior seminar i was able to get in at the last second um and that's about like the intersection of like music and neuroscience and health and education so cool cool. so cool oh my god i'm like fangirling every class it's really cool so classes like that i think definitely keep me um centered on why i was like interested in the first place Mm. just like there's so much to learn and so much to explore um and then i'd say also with like social media just seeing what other people are doing, um, people who are on the same track as me, people who have the same vision as me. Um, listening to like, like podcasts. There's this one podcast, Woke Woke Docs. So W O K E, Woke W O C, Women of Color Doctors. Okay. And so they, it's like a podcast all about their lives as women of color in medicine, mm-hmm. and they focus a lot on like community health and social justice. Mm-hmm. So listening to things like that just keep me so inspired for like the long term future. Mm-hmm um and it just like it, it puts in to perspective like a, a potential career path that I never really had any basis for previously if that makes sense just like I can envision myself doing the things the amazing things that they're doing it's so, like definitely keeps me like inspired
0: that's so cool do you have a lot of um like friends who are also pre-med
1: oh yeah yeah definitely <laughs> a lot of pre-med friends mm-hmm. um uh but at the same time, like, no. Um, I think I have, like, a pretty good mix. Mm-hmm.
0: There's actually a good mix here. Good mix. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, it obviously depends on, like, who you socialize right, with right. and interact with. But I think, I think, yeah, I definitely, from, like, taking classes, like, for an entire, like, year and then, like, the semester, I have a good idea of people who are on the same track as me, mm-hmm. neuro, pre-med, or just pre-med, or a neuro, and, like, things like that. Mm-hmm um so it definitely is nice to have like a little community like i will like pop up into my zoom and i'll like yeah. scroll through and be like oh there you are <laughs> so yeah i love that yeah um and then like i guess like one thing
0: that i also find um to be like a source of inspiration is just like having like constant gratitude for like the fact that we're here and like yeah. the education Like i don't know just like the fact that we have access to this education like sometimes i'll be sitting in class and i'm like i'm like i don't know like I feel like we're just so lucky to be here. And I feel like always remembering that, like constantly keeps you grounded and like keeps you keeps you motivated to keep like working hard and stuff like that. Um, and then also like family is definitely like a source of inspiration.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, family for sure. Um, a, a big reason why I actually picked Harvard was because my sister goes to Boston College. So having her nearby has been just like a lifesaver, like literally a lifesaver. Like she was one of the big reasons why I'm here. Um, And not just like me picking the school but also like how i even like got in i think a lot of my like quote-unquote success i can attribute to her just because she's been such an amazing she's been she's like my favorite person um so definitely family and then my parents are the best parents i could have ever asked for i just feel so loved and lucky and supported and yeah so i think definitely working for my for my family and Another thing I didn't mention, but, like, a whole big reason why I did start my YouTube channel, like, in college, like, planning on vlogging in college was because of my grandparents, Um, both in Georgia and then also my grandparents in Korea on my mom's side. Wait,
0: that's exactly, my mom's side's in Korea, my dad's side's in Georgia. Right? Oh, my God. (laughs) That's That's,
1: crazy. That's amazing. Dude, we're the same person. Really? But, like, yeah, I think being able to, like, film myself, show my grandparents both, you know, here and there, like, I'm doing well, you know, I'm doing okay. I think it, I know it, it It makes them so happy. Uh-huh. My grandparents in Korea, like sometimes they will stay up until like oh. the early hours to watch me, like post my video, like oh, when I say it's so scheduled cute. and I'm like, so. I have to not schedule it so late like, because you need oh, your sleep. No. Grandparents are the sweetest. They're absolutely amazing. Oh. Um, so even though I haven't seen them in like, it's been like over a decade, like in mm-hmm. Korea, um, I'm still able to like keep in touch with them through that. Okay. Um, so I think it's just, Definitely family keeps me grounded. Yeah, no, Yeah, I love that.
0: Um, and then, like, the final thing that I want – I guess we, we already kind of touched on this, but, like, being women in STEM, like, women of color, like, yeah. what
1: do you – like, thoughts on that? I think, first, I want to preface it by saying being a woman of STEM – woman in STEM and like, medicine, mm-hmm. definitely hard, but certainly not as hard as women who are in, like, CS engineering, right, you know? Right, right. So, m- huge props to them. Women in yeah. physics, like, oh, oh my yes. God, oh my could gosh. never – so I think there's definitely, like, levels to it. But overall, women in STEM, that's, like, I think definitely quite uh, difficult to navigate. Um, I – again, I'm only, like, saying – I can't really speak much on it because I'm only pre-med. I'm only yeah. a sophomore in my undergraduate years. Yeah. Um, but I I do work at um, – what is it, uh, Mass Gen Massachusetts General yeah, Hospital, yeah. yeah, as, like, an so cool. undergrad assistant, um, and not, it, not in, like, um, a clinical setting, I do, like, research work, um, with, like, neuroimaging, um, but, it, I mean, they talk a lot about, like, being a woman in STEM and how that can be really difficult, women of color in STEM, for sure, again, layers to that, so many layers, um, yeah, uh, but I think something that's so important to recognize is, you know, those, those, uh, disparities do exist um those hardships are very real and valid and i think it is um i'm hoping it's getting easier um just be as like this idea of 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 recognizing those those hardships and um you know that intersection with like social justice work i think is becoming a lot more mainstream which is so Mm -hmm. exciting to see with especially with our generation um But I think just us, aka women of color, recognizing that um, we do have, I guess, like, those kinds of hardships coming our way, um, I think it's something that also kind of, like, grounds me in a way because Mm -hmm. I'm, like, really determined. It makes me more determined in a sense. So, yeah, it's it's just like I will be entering into a setting where I am automatically going to be, you know um at at odds against you know like systematic like racism discrimination um and I think that definitely just makes me like more yeah more determined more Mm -hmm. persistent um I want to you know I want to I want to do something with my career that will make it easier for future women of color and STEM
0: yeah that's another thing I feel like being like women of color and STEM like when you go into that career like those aspects of your identity are reflected in, like, how you work and, like, you want to, I don't know, like, the things that you want to work for and, like, the people you want to help, like, I don't know, I think, like, the experience of, like, being a certain person, like, in STEM Mm -hmm. definitely, like, influences, like, your work ethic, your mindset, and then, like, you, you grow up, like, knowing you want to help, like, the sort of, I guess, like, you kind of want to, like, tear down those boundaries that you kind of had to go through.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly, and I think that's something so, cool to see with like people are like in our generation Uh i feel like a lot of women who are entering into these same fields have like that same mindset and Mm -hmm. i think that's so like awesome and badass you know so (laughs) i think that's that's something really inspiring it can definitely be um tiring to see sometimes Mm -hmm. um but so so inspiring yeah
0: um and then like final question like what like, when you become a doctor, like, what kind of traits do you hope to embody, or, like, what do you hope to bring to that career?
1: Just, like, humanity, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Again, going back to the idea of breaking down the sterile image of medicine um, that so many, like, I think pre-med students have, Um, because when it's, like, when you tell someone you're pre-med, they're going to be like, oh, like, oh, wow, that immediate reaction, you know, like, it's not like that, (laughs) why, why should it be like that, you know, like, why can't I enjoy, like, learning about how to be, you know, a a caretaker for other people, like a healer, you know, I think that that vision is, is so important to have, like, I want to have, I want to, I don't want people, you know, patients to look at doctors and feel like fear or, or, you know, resentment or suspicion. I think that's something really big, especially in like minority communities, you know, like that's why it's so important for people of color, Um, especially, you know, like we need more like black and brown doctors for sure um, in medicine. Um, And, you know, I can always just like contribute however much I can. But I think just breaking down that, that stereotype of doctors being like, you know, unreachable or anything like that i think that's something that you know i would like to make an impact in that way like however much i can just me as a single person um yeah i think i just just always staying like hopeful i
0: love that i feel like i feel like you'd be a really good doctor just because like of your kindness and your your outlook on the world so yeah um i think i think that's gonna wrap up the episode but i want to thank you so much for joining me this is so cool i my goal like one thing that I wanted to do on this podcast is just like bring it's it's all about I don't know, like I usually like bring my friends on the podcast, but I definitely want to start reaching out to I don't know, like a bunch of different and I wanted to like different ages. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like thank you, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I feel like like the things we talked about were were things that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. And how how far do you live from Harvard?
1: Um, I live like maybe like twenty minute drive away. Okay. Yeah. You
0: thank you for driving twenty minutes. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> okay cool cool that's awesome
1: yeah
0: um well thank you so much for joining me um and thank you guys for listening as always uh tune in next week I'm not really sure who I'm gonna bring on but uh I'll figure that out um but thank you guys uh so much and I'll see you guys next on the next episode bye